as we go through the book of Judges, it's really kind of an introduction to, this is an introduction to Christianity 101. This is learning how to walk with the Lord. Um, the book of Judges is a book that really shows the issues that Israel had in walking with the Lord. Obviously, the entire Old Testament and the New Testament show that Israel, God's chosen people, had massive issues with being able to follow and obey the Lord. But uh, the book of Judges highlights it over and over and over again in something we call the sin cycle. So uh, today we're going to start uh, a series of lessons. And uh, you know, my, our hope is to go through the study that we can each come to the conclusion of what it means to be a biblical Christian. Um, to be as David was known, a man after God's own heart. Because it doesn't matter what you and I think a Christian is. It matters what God thinks a Christian is. It matters what God thinks a disciple and a follower is. So, that's what we want to look at. Um, <clears throat> so, just some background. Uh, the book of Judges, or the Judges, uh, the book of Judges is about the Judges uh, that ruled over Israel. There were 12 of them, roughly, in the book. There are several more. Uh, Eli and Samuel are considered, considered Judges. But there were also judges in the wilderness. Back in Exodus 18, uh, we see the story of, of the first judges. Uh, obviously in Exodus, we have the story of Moses bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt and guiding and directing them. And then we see in, judges, in Exodus chapter 18 and verse number 13 um, that they've come out of Israel, they've had their experience with or had several experiences where they've slipped and fallen, and they have not gone to Mount Sinai yet, but now Moses' father-in-law has come to meet them. So Exodus 18 and verse number 13 says, And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning unto the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from among, from morning unto evening, or unto even? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another. And I do make them know the statutes of God, the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, That thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice, I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou, <clears throat> be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter that they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. So Mar Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, ruler rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. 
And they judged the people at all seasons. The hard causes they brought unto Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. And Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way into his own land. So here's where the judges were instituted. And this really is where our judicial system comes from today. Uh, we have smaller courts. Uh, I just, you guys know, I just served on for jury duty in Story County. Um, every county, even some of the bigger cities, have their own court system uh, that deals with all the smaller matters, all of the, the little litigations. Um, and anything that's bigger, anything that would be a federal level or uh, any question against the courts in the smaller matters would go to a higher court, to a Supreme Court. There's the Iowa Supreme Court. There's the National Supreme Court. Every state has its own Supreme Court. Um, and really, what it does is it gives us all... a a system of checks and balances that, that is supposed to maintain right, godly values. From the beginning, these judges were supposed to be men that feared God, that served God, and that knew God. Unfortunately, um, that's slim pickings. When you, don't, when you have a nation that is supposed to be God's chosen people, and they don't follow God. So, we see that these judges have been around for a long time. They're nothing new. Um, but we also need to understand that the book of Judges is not necessarily consecutive. Uh, it's, these judges were regional, and many of them overlapped. If you, if you got the handout, the big 8.5 uh, eight by 11, uh, on the one side it's a, chron a chronology of the judges. When each judge served... Uh, and you'll notice that many of them, like Deborah, Gideon, uh, Samson, a lot of them overlapped because they were in different areas of Israel. Uh, in Exodus, we saw they were supposed to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, rulers of tens. So these are not all national judges. Many of them are regional judges. And <clears throat> some are featured more prominently than others. There are 12 judges that are listed in the book of Judges. Uh, they are Othniel, Ehud, Shamgar, Deborah, Gideon, Tola, Jair, Jephthah, Ibzan, Elon, Abdon, and Samson. Um, now, I would imagine that unless you've really taken the time to read through the book of Judges many times, that you only really recognize probably a handful of those names. Um, some of these judges are given more prominence. Samson is given several chapters. Gideon is given quite a bit of... of uh, prominence. I'll just go with prominence. Um, but then there are, are men like Shamgar, who is given one single verse. And I know for me, as a young Christian, as I was reading through these things and reading through the num book of Numbers and reading through the Leviticus and the genealogies, and I'm going, why in the world is this here? What does this do for me today? And what we need to understand is that even Shamgar, who has one single verse, teaches us a lot because really nothing bad is said about him. He's a man that walked with God. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that as we get into him a little closer, but... Uh, this book shows us a lot about how we are to walk. And unfortunately um, for the human race, we often tend to have to learn 
through pain. That's why God instituted corporal punishment. Uh, that's why he says, spare not the rod, or spare the rod, spoil the child. Uh, the blueness of the wound is, and on and on and on. Because we have to learn through mistakes. We have to learn through pain. Hopefully, in this study, we can learn through the mistakes of others so that we don't make those mistakes ourselves. But the other thing that we have to understand at this point is that Israel is already very deep into what we call a sin cycle. Very deep into disobedience against God. Um, and it, on the other side of that 8.5 by 11 page is a description or a picture of the sin cycle. And it's really Israel serving God. And then Israel getting into idolatry and walking away from God. And uh, then Israel is... Um, devastated or punished and then they cry out to God and God begins raises up a judge and begins to deliver them and they begin to follow the judge and follow God again and then as soon as the judge dies they go back around the cycle and it's just it's a, a consecutive wheel and it's unfortunate but we see that in every character almost every character that we see in the Bible, or every historical figure that we see in the Bible. Um, the ones that I can think of off the top of my head right now, um, Enoch. Enoch walked with God and was taken. Nothing bad is said about Enoch. Nothing bad is ever said about Christ. Um, very little bad is said about Job. But these, all, these men all had uh, seesaw relationships with, with God. Um, when I was in Missouri, we were teaching in the room upstairs, and I laid out a, a tape line on the floor, and one line was just completely straight and true, going exactly where God wanted it to go. And the other line, I went, and every uh, foot, I went, I doubled, uh, I went a half, started at a half inch, so at a foot, I went a full inch, at two feet, I went two inches, at three feet, I went four inches. And by the time I got to about six feet out, the line had curved and was going out the window. And you would walk completely away from God. And at that time we were studying Abraham and, and uh, some of the other characters in, the, in Genesis. And the, the whole point was it's very easy for us to start letting the little things slip. And all of a sudden we're out in right field. And we're completely away from God and completely out of his will. We're still moving forward. Though that line never stopped moving forward, it just doesn't move as far forward as quickly as it should. And that's where we're at in the book of Judges. They have gone, come out of Egypt, they have gone through the wilderness, they have, uh, Moses has died, they've gotten in through the promised land through Joshua, and they've served through Joshua's life and began to take, it, take the promised land, but they've lost traction. They've steadily declined and steadily walked farther and farther away from God, even under great rulers like Moses and Joshua. So now they're clear out in right field. Um, the difference between many of these people and men like Abraham, men like uh, David, is that when those men were confronted and understood where they were at, they immediately turned and ran back to God. David with Bathsheba, you know, when, when Nathan comes up and says, Thou art the man, David immediately humbles himself and turns and runs back to God and takes his punishment. And so his, his life cycle looks more like a saw, a saw blade, than it does an arc. But that's the way it is with us consistently. We are all in the middle of the sin, sin cycle. So I hope that through this we can 
look at ourselves, look at our own lives and see where we're at and see how we can get to where we need to be uh, and stay where we need to be with God. During the Exodus, uh, Israel rebelled, supposed to rebelled countless times. Their faith failed at the Jordan when they saw the giants. And under, under Joshua, their weak faith kept them for, from fulfilling God's plan swiftly. If you go back to Exodus, um, I know that this is out of the book of Judges, but Exodus is where this all starts. But So Exodus 23 and verse number 20, um, I want you to hear this promise from God. Exodus 23 and verse number 20 says, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee in unto the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before thee, and I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. And I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. And I will send hornets before thee, and shall drive out the Hivite and the Canaanite and the Hittite from before thee. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. By little and little I will drive them out from before thee, until thou be increased and inherit the land. And I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea, even unto the sea of the Philistines, and from the, the desert unto the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and thou shalt drive them out before thee. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, I will surely be a snare unto thee. Or sorry, it will surely be a snare unto thee. We see this basic covenant again in Exodus 33 and then again in Exodus 34. Over and over as the children of Israel, they, they haven't even been sent to go spy out the land. They're still in their first journey through the wilderness. But over and over, God is promising them, when you get there, I will drive out the inhabitants. I will give you the land. I will send hornets. I will do all these things. Yes, we're, they're going to have to go and they're going to have to fight and present themselves as an army, but God is going to give them the victory. It is a fact that if they obey, God will give them the victory. But unfortunately, as we, we've seen and as we will see, uh, that didn't happen. They failed to obey. Um, the first two chapters in the book of Judges, uh, in chapter 1 and verse number 1, we see that uh, Joshua has died. And the first chapter is really a background of what happens, what has happened up to the point of Joshua dying. In chapter 2, we see a better, a better explanation of Joshua passing away. And then at the end of chapter 2, we see a very telling, uh, very telling thing. Um, 
Oh, come on. It's not. Anyway, uh, I, I can't find the verse right now. I didn't write it down. But we see that there were no king in the there was no king in the land, and the men did that which was right in their own eyes. Instead of doing that which was right in God's eyes, they did that which was right in their own eyes. It kind of sounds like today. But then in chapter 3, we begin to see the judges, and we begin to see really the very evident picture of that sin cycle. As we start chapter 1, uh, we'll just read verses 1 through 5 real quick. Jo- or Judges chapter 1, it says, Now after the death of Joshua came to pass, the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. And Judah said unto Simeon, his brother, Come up with me into my lot, that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I likewise will go with thee into thy lot. So Simeon went with him. And Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand, and they slew of them in Bezek ten thousand men. And they found Adonai Bezek in Bezek. They fought against him, and they slew the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Now these first five verses sound promising. Joshua's passed away. The man that's uh, pointed them consistently to God, that's been the leader uh, as Moses was, and they're immediately now seeking the Lord and seeking who to go up and, and who they can fight against with the Canaanites. But we see that they are not completely where they should be. The Canaanites should have already been gone. I mean, to take a look at Joshua, Joshua was Moses' servant and his, his successor. We see that again in Exodus 24, verse 13, and Exodus 32, verse 17, and Exodus 31, verse 11. He is called a servant of Moses. Joshua... Uh, is the one that would take up after Moses when Moses was not allowed to enter into the promised land. Joshua was also one of the 12 spies. We find this in Numbers 13. Uh, God told Moses to, to gather 12 men out of the tribes of Israel and send them. Uh, Numbers chapter 13 and verse number 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel for every tribe of every tribe of their fathers, Shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them? And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Um, If you skip down to verse number 8, it says, Of the tribe of Ephraim, Oshea, the son of Nun. If you skip down to verse number 16, These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Oshea, the son of Nun, Jehoshua. And then if we go to uh, Exodus 33, or sorry, Exodus 14 and verses 5 and 6, then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel, and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. So we see the, the transition of Oshea to Jehoshua to Joshua. We know that this is the same person that he was sent into the land. And Joshua and Caleb are the only two spies that came back and said, let's go, let's fight, let's take the land that God has given us. The other ten said, no, we're afraid. And because of that, Israel was turned back and spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. 
Joshua is one of the two uh, spies, the two original spies that survived the wilderness. Every other man from 20 years old and upward died in the wilderness. They were killed because they refused to have faith and believe God. This means that Joshua uh, was at least 20 years old. In the, in the last chapter of the book of Joshua, we see that Joshua died when he was 110. So if we take out the 40 years of the wilderness, that would make Joshua roughly 60 years old when they entered into the promised land, when he led them into the promised land, assuming he was at least 20. 110 minus 60, it's 50 plus years that Joshua led them, that they should have been able to go and take that land had they continued to follow God as God expected them to. They should have been able to, to take everything that God had promised, understanding that what we know today as Israel is really only a very small sliver of what God promised to Abraham. God promised Abraham that he would give him every place the sole of his foot tread. That means clear over Iran, Iraq, uh, over into India. The, the border of India is where Abraham started in Ur of the Chaldees. There, there's a massive chunk that's probably the size of England or better that is supposed to be the land of Israel. And yet Israel has only taken a very small portion. And they're still fighting over that portion today. They spent, this is now 90 or so years removed from Egypt. And Israel is really getting a new start. They got a new start under Joshua. They had a new parent come in, a new leader come in. And now uh, they are getting a new start. They, they are starting over without a leader. This is really a picture of our children as we uh, raise them and nurture them up and kick them out when they turn 18. <laughs> or 14 in some cases um, but, but really no you yeah no you're gone you still, you, you still don't get a date till you're 35 but anyway but this is this is this should strike that chord with us as especially as parents as we are and I know for you guys you're much farther down the road as parents than we are your children or my age. I love you too, bro. <laughs> but can if you can remember that far back, can you remember <laughs> can you remember that trepidation, that that feeling of sending your kids out into the world going, is this the right decision? Are they ready? I'm looking at my kids now going, okay, there's a couple of years, they're not ready. They're not anywhere near where they should be where I feel they should be in order for them to continue walking with the Lord. And this is where Israel is at. Israel is now... I'm going to keep going because I don't want to hear what's coming. Israel is now... I'm ready to send them out at 18. I'm sure you are. But you sent yours into the military, didn't you? So they, they really had strong I, I leadership. I knew you were going to get some good training there. Okay. But so now, you know, Israel is really taking those first steps. I remember at... at 16, 17, 18 years old, when I moved out on my own, I made some really stupid decisions. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to be an adult. I wanted to make my own decisions. And But I remember taking those steps out and thinking, oh man, how am I going to do this? You know, what, what, and trying to rely on what my parents had taught me, one that taught me really well, one that didn't teach me so well. But 
Israel is now going to have to take those steps out and become their own person. They're going to have to choose to follow God or not. They've already shown that they don't want to follow God unless God is giving them something, but this is where they're at. And we're going to see by the end of chapter 2 that they soon forget. And even in in the beginnings of chapter 1, we see where they start to not completely obey. They're still just... They're still right there where God wants them, but they're off just a little. I mean, we read in the first five verses that Judah was supposed to go up, and Judah says to his brother, hey, come with me. He says to Simeon, hey, come with me, come help me. Because, but God said Judah. He didn't say Judah and Simeon, he said Judah. But just, you think that's not, that's not a huge deal, but just that little step is the beginning of stepping away. It's the beginning of the falling away. So really, this brings to mind Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and in, yeah. when he is old, he shall not depart from it. Yeah. And that's where we're at. That's, that's where I want us to understand that uh, I don't know what all training you, have, you all have had. I know what training I've had, and I know that it's been messed up. I know that I have not been properly trained in the way I should go. But I know that once I got saved and I began studying God's Word and I began putting my full weight, faith, and trust in God's Word and doing my best to obey Him, that He began to train me and He began to teach me. And that's what I want from this. Israel in this setting is, again, a picture of the child. They grew through strong leaders and are now on their own to make their own decisions. Unfortunately, they soon fall away and circumstance... begin to make the wrong decisions. But God in His infinite wisdom allows circumstances into their lives to prove them and help them make the right choice. 1 Corinthians 10.13 is one of my favorite verses um, besides 1 Corinthians 10.12. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way of escape or a way to escape that ye may may be able to bear it. It tells us that there will be temptation and that God will not allow us to be tempted more than we were able. You know, I know there have been many times that I have thought, I just can't take anymore. I can't do this anymore. Uh, Rachel was telling me about a, a young man this last week that took his own life. He just got to a point in his life where he said, that's it. That's enough. I can't do it. And I know many. I've tried many times on my own saying, I can't do it. I've tried to not be here. And I know that we often as Christians are at a point in our life where uh, we're just ready for the Lord to come back. We're, we're, we're tired of getting beat up. We're tired of, of the struggle, of just the weight. We're just ready for the Lord to come back. We're, we're tired of seeing the country go downhill. But let me tell you, we're still here for a reason. If God was ready, He would take us out. He would take us home. But God's not ready. There's still work that needs to be done. And God is allowing these things into our lives not to hurt us, but to grow us and to help us to choose the proper way. He's made a way of escape for us. He made a way of escape for everyone in the world. We, we just saw, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He made a way for all of them to escape. We have to choose to take that, that way. We have to choose to walk with Him. So as we go through this study, as we look at the book of Judges and continue on uh, in, in this 
time of ministry training that uh, we keep this thought in mind. What is it to be a biblical Christian? What is it to be a disciple as God intended us and not as man did? Don't just go by what you know. Don't just go by what you've been taught and what you've heard. Let's dig into the Word of God and see it from God's eyes and then let's listen to it and obey it. Let's understand what we need to do. And, you know, we have a mix from Naomi who really probably doesn't understand half of this to Moses. You know, somebody somebody who who, who was right around right That's after Noah. Example, you know? <laughs> Older than dirt. No, I'm kidding. Uh kind of. Um You put me in the grave but, already, brother? No. But but we, we have a great mix here. But we all need it. We all need to be reminded that we've let our own views taint what God has for us. So when we dig in next week, we really are going to start in, in Judges chapter 1 and, and take a look. And let's just, as you go through the week, pray, meditate on these things, meditate on this thought. And honestly, read ahead. I, I know it's a lot to ask. I know you've all got your own schedules. You've all got your own devotions that you do. But for this to truly help all of us and to be a blessing, if we're all continuing on, you're going to keep me accountable and I'm going to keep you accountable. So study along with me. Don't, don't just rely on me, and I'm talking especially to the young people. Don't just rely on me to give you the Word of God. Get in it for yourself and study it for yourself and understand what it has for you. So 